podcast, where you'll hear truly scary stories that you cannot get out of your head. These stories may contain graphic depictions of violence or explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. It all started on a Friday night. As a single mother, I don't get a lot of downtime, but Friday nights are my favorite. My daughter Lily and I have a routine where we take out our favorite food or order in a pizza and then watch movies until her 8 o'clock bedtime. Then I allow myself a glass of wine or two while I watch movies that aren't appropriate for an 8-year-old until my 11 o'clock bedtime. No matter how many tasks or chores I have pending, Friday nights are nights off and Lily and I love it. No dishes, no laundry, no bill paying, just five hours of glorious escapism. On the night in question, it was pouring rain outside, which somehow made the movie and wine even sweeter as the house felt cozier with the rain pelting my windows. I was an hour into my movie and my first glass of wine when my doorbell app chimed on my phone to alert me that someone was standing at my front door. I glanced at the time and was filled with annoyance that someone was ringing the bell at 9 p.m., even if it was on a Friday. I took a deep drink of wine while my fingers instinctively flipped to the doorbell app and I opened it and froze, my hands shaking and almost spilling the wine as I saw who was standing at the front door. On the small screen on my app, I could clearly see a woman, just a few years older than me, standing on my front porch, holding an umbrella, with her mouth wide open, as if stuck in the hugest scream a human mouth could make. Her face frantically scanned the door as if she could somehow see through it and was desperate for someone to open it and let her inside. I waited frozen, half in shock and fear, and mostly just hoping she'd move on if I didn't alert her that anyone was home. I stared, captivated, for at least 20 seconds, and the entire time her mouth remained fully open and her face moved erratically back and forth in front of the door, seeming to will her way through and into the warmth and safety of my modest home. I wondered if she was having issues with her mental health or was suffering some kind of medical emergency that would lock her jaw into that awful scream, but my instincts were on high alert for me to just stay in place and wait. Everything in my body told me not to open that door and let that woman into my home. After a few more seconds of staring and waiting for her to move on, she suddenly broke into a frenzy of knocking and doorbell ringing, and the simultaneous sounds filled the previous quiet of my living room. My head whipped toward the door that was only a few feet away from me and then up toward the room where my daughter was sleeping. The woman frantically switched between pounding on the door and pressing the doorbell with her one free hand as her head swiveled madly, her wide mouth gaping from every angle on the screen. After another 10 or so seconds, I pressed the button that would allow me to speak to her, afraid that she would wake Lily if she continued, and I certainly didn't want to traumatize my daughter by subjecting her to this strange night visitor. Can I help you? I asked wearily, my mouth just inches away from the image of the woman on the other side of the door that was just feet away from where I sat. I got to my feet and moved so I was facing the door but standing just a few feet back, preparing myself to act if the situation escalated, and then pulled the phone further away from my face when the woman didn't respond. 
I could see her on the screen and her eyes widened with the sound of my voice and her free hand sort of fluttered in the air, but her mouth remained completely open. I watched as she reached into her pocket and pulled out a folded piece of paper. She awkwardly opened the paper with her one free hand and held it toward the doorbell's camera. I strained to read the words scrawled on the paper as the paper twitched and folded under the rain that pelted it. I need help. Please let me in, I read out loud as the words on the paper came in and out of focus on the screen. I pushed the call button to respond and put the phone closer to my mouth. What happened? I asked. The woman's eyes widened again at the sound of my voice. Still holding the umbrella in the thickening rain, she awkwardly flipped the soggy paper over and held it back up to the camera. They took it, the paper said. The words scrawled even more frantically than they had been on the other side. The woman's eyes welled up with tears as she stared into the camera, willing me to open the door. Took what? I asked, and slowly started to reach toward the door handle. This woman was clearly in trouble, and even though my fear was growing with every second, I couldn't justify leaving a terrified and wounded woman in the dark and the rain. Don't do it, Mommy, a voice said behind me when my hand was just an inch away from the door handle. I spun around toward the sound, stifling a scream as I realized Lily was suddenly standing behind me. Her hair and pajamas were rumpled like someone who had been asleep, but her face was completely still and more serious than I had ever seen it. Her voice was hers, but also sounded like it was coming from somewhere far away, like she was trapped at the end of a long and echoing tunnel. Don't let her in, Mommy, she said, looking me straight in the eye. They stole her scream. She wants to take yours, Mommy. She's going to steal your scream. What are you talking about, Lily? I asked, dropping my phone and rushing toward her to place my hands on her shoulders and try to understand what was going on. She's going to scare you, Mommy. She's going to scare you so bad that she can steal your scream, Lily said, her tiny brow furrowing with the effort of trying to make me understand. Lily, what are you talking about? I asked, my voice growing louder to match the rumbling panic that was swelling in my gut. I didn't know which I was more afraid of, the strange gap-mouthed woman at my front door or the eerie calm Lily maintained as these strange words came out of her mouth. She's going to scare you, Mommy. Oh no, she's going to scare you. Oh no, oh no, oh no, mommy, oh no, oh no. And with this, her face crumpled and she broke into total hysterics, her little body heaving as she sobbed but still stared straight ahead, as if locked into a vision of some awful future that only she could see. I grabbed her and pulled her as close to my chest as I could, dropping to the floor to rock her and saying soothing words that felt so hollow knowing there was a screamless woman on my doorstep and my daughter was gripped in some kind of prophetic vision in the middle of the night. She wailed and screamed for almost 30 full minutes and any time I thought she was about to calm down, she'd shriek, Oh no! again and resume her high-pitched cries. Eventually, mercifully, her wails dimmed to sniffles, and another 30 minutes later, she was asleep in my arms on the floor of our living room. She whimpered in her sleep, but I could tell she was sleeping soundly, so I scooped her up and retrieved my phone from the place I dropped it. I managed to open my doorbell app and was relieved to see that the woman was gone. Her wide eyes and gaping mouth no longer filled the small screen. 
The rain had died down too, so if I didn't know any better, I would think that it was just another still night in my suburban neighborhood and it was time for bed. I used my butt to move the entry table in front of the door as one extra layer of protection in case the woman came back in the night. It was silly, but I knew it would be nearly impossible for me to fall asleep, so anything I could do to convince myself that I was safe from that scream-stealing woman was going to help. I carried Lily upstairs to my room and tucked her into my bed, still too shaken to think about either of us sleeping alone. I got ready for bed, and as I went to pull the curtains shut, I noticed something written on the foggy glass. I kneeled down so that it was eye level, and it took me a moment to register what I was looking at, but quickly realized that I was staring at two smaller, solid circles that were drawn with a finger to signify eyes, and they were above one larger open circle, and I realized with a horrible panic that that circle was meant to be one permanently screaming, or scream less, mouth. I reeled back and stifled another scream, horrified at the crew drawing on my second story window. I managed to collect myself enough to try to wipe it off, but it didn't disappear, confirming it was drawn from the outside of the house. I pulled the curtain shut and got into bed, shaking and wondering if I should call the police. The more I thought about it, the more I knew there was nothing they could do about a harmless woman who showed up at my doorstep and then left, and then what looked like a child's drawing on the outside of my second story window. I was just going to have to will myself to sleep and hope that things would be back to normal once morning came. But there would be no sleep that night. I laid awake in the light of the side lamp, fully alert and listening for any sound or sign of that awful woman returning. My heart raced any time the house creaked or a car engine fired up in the neighborhood, but there were no chimes from my doorbell app or sounds of pounding fists at my door. Eventually, the first signs of light started to seep through the crack in the curtains, and I drifted off to sleep for a couple of hours. I awoke to the chirpy sounds of Lily's cartoons wafting up from the living room downstairs. I could tell the sun was shining and knew that if I had the window open, I'd be able to feel a warm spring breeze in the room. I stretched, and for half a second, it was just another sunny Saturday, but then the memory of the night before came crashing in and I bolted up in bed, finding it hard to catch my breath for a moment. What was that? I wondered as I washed my face and tried to gather myself a little before heading downstairs. It was one thing that a disturbed woman had shown up at my house in a rainstorm in the middle of the night, but the thing I couldn't shake was what Lily had said. She's going to scare you so badly that she'll steal your scream wasn't typical eight-year-old make-believe talk. I felt chills travel all over my body despite the warm morning sun pouring through my bedroom window and tried again to shake off the strangeness of the night before. I convinced myself that Lily must have somehow seen the lady and it scared her enough that she made up what she had said. Her iPad, I said out loud and instantly felt a massive relief flood my body. There were a couple of girls in their 20s that I paid to watch Lily a couple of times a month when I had to go out in the evenings, and it would make sense that they would have downloaded the doorbell app on Lily's iPad so they wouldn't have to take up the space on their phones. I made a mental note to check after breakfast, but the realization was the reset that I needed to start the weekend on a high note. 
I made Lily and I a big breakfast to put myself in an even better mood and then started our weekend routine of tidying the parts of the house that had been neglected during our busy week, followed by Lily being allowed extra screen time while I worked on whatever else I didn't have time for in the rush of the work week. Before I gave Lily her precious tablet to watch whatever manic squeaky show was popular with her and her friends that week, I scrolled through the apps to delete the doorbell app to avoid any potential future scares. I swiped through the two pages of apps on the iPad three times, but there was no sign of the bright blue icon I tapped on several times a week. I checked one more time for good measure, then turned to Lily. Sweetie, did you delete the doorbell app after you got scared last night, I asked. What do you mean, Mommy? She asked, distracted by the elaborate hairdo she was attempting to give her doll. Did you see the scary lady on your tablet last night? Is that why you came downstairs and said what you said? I didn't see a scary lady, she said and turned to me, her little brow furrowed. Remember last night when you said the lady wanted my scream and then you cried for a very long time? I asked as gently as I could, not wanting to re-traumatize her. Lily shook her head and her brow crinkled even more. I didn't say that, Mommy. I didn't wake up at all last night. I knew that if I didn't drop it, Lily might start crying again. She was one of those children who could sense trouble from a mile away and I had to tread lightly with her sensitive soul. Oh, okay, sweetie. Mommy must have had a bad dream. At that moment, I wondered if maybe Lily had actually had a bad dream. She had never been a sleepwalker, but I wondered if maybe she had the night before and it had just been a coincidence that she'd come down right when the woman had arrived. It seemed like a bit of a stretch, but there really wasn't any other explanation. I made a new mental note to leave our bedroom doors open so I could hear her if she got up again in the night and considered whether I should get a gate for the top of the stairs just to be safe. The unsettling feeling I'd woken up with started sneaking back into my bones, but I put on a smile and we went about our day. The weather forecast said that the rain would be returning that evening, so I decided to run to the grocery store for a few things that afternoon. I'd always found the grocery store oddly relaxing, and Lily and I took our time searching out the things we needed for the week and allowing ourselves a couple of splurges along the way. The rain had just barely started as we were leaving the store, so we rushed to the car to load in the groceries. It was my favorite time of the year when summer is so close that the temperature will climb a handful of degrees out of nowhere, and the balmy air mixed with the rain caused the windows of our car to fog up from the inside. Lily helped me with the first couple of bags, then got distracted and wandered around to the side of the car while I finished the rest. I met her at the side of the car to let her in and noticed she was tracing a finger around and around on something on the window, and as I approached, my blood ran cold as the image came into view. Lily was running her finger around a wide circle that someone had drawn under two smaller dots for eyes, and it was the exact same image someone had drawn on my bedroom window the night before. I instinctively pulled Lily away from the window and then went to swipe the image away, but to my horror, it had been drawn on the inside of the window, and I couldn't wipe it away. The rain was coming down harder, and I pulled Lily protectively to my body as I strained to see through the foggy windows, but I couldn't see anything out of the ordinary through the frosted glass. No nefarious men in masks, no teens caught in the middle of a stupid prank, no ghosts or ghouls or anyone else who would want to sneak into the car of a middle-aged mom in the parking lot of a chain grocery store in broad daylight and draw the figure of a screaming person on the dewy interior window. 
I positioned Lily two cars away from our car before I opened the door, just in case my eyes were betraying me. But sure enough, the car was completely empty. When I wiped at the screaming image from the inside of the window, it disappeared under the swipe of my hand. What is happening? I whispered and went to collect Lily to go home. The rest of the afternoon was uneventful, and Lily played with her new Lego set while I puttered around the house. That night I agreed we could eat dinner in front of the TV as a special treat, and we watched reruns of Friends. Lily was finally at the age where she was starting to understand grown-up humor, and I smiled to myself, proud that I'd made a little human with a fully intact sense of humor. I drew Lily a bath before bed, and flinched when I realized I should have done it to warm her up when we'd gotten home, but immediately let myself off the hook because I'd been too distracted by the strange graffiti on her car window to think straight. Lily loved baths, so I let her soak and play extra long since it wasn't a school night, then collected her pajamas, then brought them to her in the bathroom so she could put them on while she was still warm. I could hear her gently splashing and talking to herself through the door. I opened the door and simultaneously opened my mouth to tell her it was time to get out, but the words caught in my throat and I slapped my hand immediately over my mouth to keep myself from screaming. The door opened directly into the sink basin, and over the sink on the medicine cabinet mirror were close to a hundred screaming faces drawn over and over in horrible overlapping loops. Lily, get out, I practically screamed and yanked at a towel to wrap around her. What's wrong, Mommy? she asked, her eyes growing concerned as she studied my face for answers. Was someone in here with you? I asked as I pulled her out of the bathroom and slammed the door. I picked her up, wrapped her in an oversized beach towel, and started carrying her downstairs. No, Mommy, no one was in there. Her concern grew even deeper, and I could tell tears were threatening to flow at any moment. Did you draw those faces? I asked. No, Mommy, I can't reach up there, I swear, Mommy. Okay, it's okay, no big deal, I soothed. Somebody just drew some funny pictures on the mirror, and I was wondering if you saw who it was. Mommy needs to call the police, but I don't want you to be scared. Someone is playing tricks on us, and it is not nice. I need the police to help me stop them, I explained, hoping the sheer terror that was riding inside of me was masked by my rational explanation. She nodded, but I could tell she was scared too. She was a smart girl, and starting to outgrow the days when I could tell her anything and she would believe it. I grabbed my phone and keys off the coffee table on the way through the living room and huddled with my soaking wet child in our locked car as I called the police. I left the keys in the ignition in case someone emerged from our house and we needed to get away quickly, but no one came or went in the few minutes it took for the police to arrive. They searched the house while I tried to distract Lily with videos on my phone, and after about 15 minutes, they came outside to tell me they hadn't found a trace of any intruders. All of the doors and windows are locked, nothing seems to be disturbed, and there weren't any signs of muddy footprints or people or anything of any kind, one of the officers said with an annoyance in his voice that made my face flush red. He glanced at Lily, who was chattering away with the other officer out of earshot. Do you think your daughter could have drawn the pictures? He asked at the exact moment the same thought was entering my mind. It was the only thing that made sense. Lily wasn't quite tall enough to reach the sink, but she was smart enough to grab something to boost her onto the counter to make the demented drawings in the foggy mirror. She also must have done the drawing in the car, but I didn't notice it when we got to the store. Relief flooded my body, followed quickly by embarrassment, which then turned to frustration that the officers couldn't be bothered to offer a scared single mother half an hour's worth of kindness and reassurance. 
I thanked them, then saw them out before my frustration turned to anger, and then sat next to Lily on the couch and took a deep breath. Lily, did you draw those faces in the bathroom and in the car? And in Mommy's bedroom, I asked, remembering the face that had been on my window after the screamless woman had shown up on her doorstep. She began shaking her head vigorously the second the words came out of my mouth, and a sort of manic trance seemed to come over her. No, Mommy, no, she insisted. I would never scare you, because if I do, you'll scream, and if you scream... She trailed off, her eyes staring straight ahead and widening, and her little body stiffening as a faraway horror seemed to flood it. It's okay, baby, it's okay, I said and pulled her toward me, wrapping my arms around her and soothing her until her body started to relax. I was desperate to avoid a total meltdown like the night before, and luckily I felt her soften after just a few seconds, and after about a minute she looked up at me and said, Mommy, can we read two books before bed tonight? And a slight smile crossed her lips, knowing she was taking advantage of the situation and I was going to let her. Of course we can. I said, and gave her another squeeze before playfully swatting her to get up to go to bed. I allowed myself two glasses of wine after Lily went to bed, knowing that my nerves were too frazzled to go straight to sleep myself. Once my limbs were fully warm and loose from the effects of the wine, I got myself ready for bed and started to crawl inside. I was perched at the edge of the bed, arranging my phone on its charger before I crawled under the covers when I heard a giggle coming from directly below me. I froze and listened harder, wondering if maybe Lily had snuck her tablet into her room and was giggling at one of the YouTubers she followed online. The silence of the dark house pounded in my ears for a couple of moments, and then I very distinctly heard what I recognized as my daughter's giggle coming from under my bed. Something in the tone of her laugh sent shivers down my spine, and I tentatively unplugged my phone and turned on the flashlight. I slowly stood up, then crouched down next to my bed, staring at the place where the comforter separated me from my giggling daughter. I aimed my flashlight at that spot, then slowly reached out a trembling hand, grasped the comforter, and flipped it up to reveal what was under my bed. The light landed on Lily, posed on her belly with her arms bent at 90 degree angles next to her, and her fingers splayed out in a position that made her look like an animal or insect that was ready to rush forward and pounce on its prey. As the light traveled over her eyes, they flashed red like the eyes of people in a photograph taken with old-fashioned film. A zombie-like, hovering, almost otherworldly red that was nothing like my Lily's beautiful brown and loving eyes that shone back at me with so much joy and curiosity any other time. Her mouth was opening and closing soundlessly, with her teeth fully exposed in an awful grimace. I watched transfixed as her jaw worked to open and close and open and close and open and close her mouth like a possessed wind-up toy. Lily? I asked, my voice trembling as hard as the beam of light that I was shining at her. With that word, Lily's teeth clamped shut and her eyes seemed to come into focus and look right into mine. She's here, Mommy she said, and her grimace melted into a truly chilling smile. Oh, Mommy, this is going to hurt. This is going to hurt so much, Mommy. Then all at once, the phone fell out of my hand, sending Lily into complete darkness. There was a brief moment of complete stillness and silence, then a small rustling sound as my daughter's fingers slowly found my wrist, then started to spider their way up my arm. I felt the grips of insanity coming at me from all directions in the darkness, 
as I opened my mouth and... stories that you cannot get out of your head please join our patreon at please leave backslash patreonpod.com please follow please leave on facebook instagram youtube and twitter at please leave pod our email is please leave pod at gmail.com and our website is please leave pod.com this has been a two penguins media production Quack.